All right, welcome to the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ben Poltergeist. He's my co-host, the man's host, Pearson Barriers. Ben Pierce. Ben, how's it going? Not bad, man. Especially considering I haven't had a Halloween today. I didn't know you had your own poltergeist. Well, uh, apparently I do. And, le- and let me tell you, for the first time ever, she was a female. And uh, her eyes may have very well made her the creepiest monster you've ever uh, conceived. Jeez, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, I, well, I don't know. But I guess we could ask ourselves that same question is, 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 is there something you'd like to share with our listeners that we don't know? No, other, other than the fact that I damn near pissed myself when she came up <laughs> on my screen, but <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> and and now, you, now you have one of my pugs hiding under, underneath my desk quivering in fear, so now I have to deal with that. So you. <laughs> what? Your pug actually saw the picture? Uh, well, no, but he heard my, he's too short, but he heard my reaction to it. Now he's like, at me like, what the hell? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, so today's Halloween, although not much of one. Yes, well, in a uh, combination with the coronavirus and the fact that I live in the middle of nowhere and I haven't had a trick-or-treater in 14 years. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much a uh, non-existent holiday, but I do I do enjoy um, Halloween movies and stuff like that. And uh, before I came on the air, I was uh, I was watching Lucifer. Um, oh, on, oh, 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 hold on. I heard of that. What's that about again? Is that, is that good? Yeah, it's actually really good. So I just kind of discovered it a few weeks ago. Okay. I'm, on, I'm on episode 10 of the first season. How many so, seasons are there? Uh, well, there's five on Netflix, and then there's going to be one more to wrap it up. Okay, so, um, so basically, what's it about? So in this incarnation, uh, Lucifer is the son of God. And he's still he has still been cast out of hell, and uh, he is on quote unquote vacation in L.A. where he owns a nightclub, and is he's a uh, C.I. for the for the L.A.P.D. and uh, and he is romantically interested in his partner, so he's. It's kind of an interesting duality because he's discovering his morals, even though he is the devil. So, in the process of falling in love with this lady, he's discovering his morals. So, uh, it's uh, worth checking out then. Yes, absolutely. I would highly right, recommend cool. it. So, we also had a lot of wrestling uh, this past week. We had two peep, uh, one pay-per-view and one returning event that took yes. place in the middle of the week. And I, I have to tell you, I, I actually have to put NXT on the top of my list for the week because um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think it's, it's one of the best NXT shows of the year because this year, and I think NXT has been hurt the most by the 
by the uh, CV. So well, we are going to get into all that, and I think we should start with last Sunday's homeless hole pay per view. Absolutely, makes perfect sense. All right, so here we go, our Hell in a Cell review. All right, Ben, what you think of this show? Well, it, it was kind of a, a tale of two shows, in my opinion. Uh, the Hell in a Cell matches, which obviously, uh, it, it being the namesake of the show, you know, it, it was built around these. Um, and then the matches that were outside of the cell, I just had no interest in whatsoever because it just it felt like they were put on there just for the sake of being put on there. Okay. And well, when okay. that happens, I absolutely hate that. Okay, well, let's take a look at this. So we start with the kickoff show, which I know you are not a fan of and you don't watch these. No. I didn't really watch it either, but uh, I do know that... Um, our truth defeats Drew Gulak to hold on to the 24-7 whatever the hell championship that is. Well, uh, you know, at least they had a match and not a backstage statement. However, I really don't give a fuck about the 24-7 championship in any capacity whatsoever. So I, I thoroughly don't care. And now we're going to get into the main show itself. We start off with the first of three cell matches. Roman Reigns defeating Jey Uso to retain the Universal Championship. Um, well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Hold on, be, 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 hold on, hold on. A, a couple of different hold things. Hold on, before we go on. This, they, they gave this match 29 minutes and 8 seconds. Okay, go on. Well, and, and to, to tell you the truth, I understand why. Because, you know, obviously this is, at least to me, uh, this is the most compelling thing on WWE TV, period, uh, since, since before Edge got hurt and kind of had to curtail his feud with Randy Orton for the time being. Uh, mm -hmm. hence, hence why Randy had to enter a feud with Drew McIntyre. So... You know, obviously, uh, as I as I just said, this is far and away the most interesting thing on WWE TV. Um, now, I I was surprised at first that this led off, led off the show because I'm think at first I thought you know Sasha Banks and Bailey was gonna um, was gonna. Uh, main event of the show because from a from a build perspective and just from the amount of time that that Sasha and Bailey have been going at each other, I figured you know this this was main event of the show. So actually, twice during the show, I actually tweeted like, okay, well, why isn't this the main event? And then and then after I saw the ending of of um, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, I'm like, okay, well then this is the visual that needs to close the show, especially with with Afa and um, and Sika coming out, which I which I thought was the coolest fucking thing I've seen in a, in a dog's age. Um, you know, so the storytelling aspect of of this match was some of the best that I have seen um, 
in in quite a long time. I would say at least a decade and a half. I gave this match a three and a half stars. Uh, yeah, and I and I would agree because from a wrestling perspective, it wasn't really a, a match, so to speak. It, it was it, this leaned extremely heavily on storytelling, which which I didn't really mind because for, for me personally, um, I look for for storytelling more than I look for for wrestling. Um, and unfortunately, unfortunately, the storytelling aspect is is kind of a lost art in professional wrestling nowadays. But my my faith in it has been recaptured uh, in this in this storyline. I just I love everything about what they're doing with Roman Reigns now, because you know I, I've said it before on this show. I've never had a problem with the person behind the character, I actually, I actually respect a lot of, of you know what what I've heard and and, and seen from the guy. Um, you know, I, I think I think we kind of got to see a lot of who he was, you know, through his his fight with leukemia and and things like that. And I, I've seen different things where he's with his daughter, and you know, he just he seems like a stand up dude. Uh, but uh, just from a from a character perspective, uh, you know, the Roman Reigns that was forced down our throats uh, for five years ne- never did anything for me at all. Um, you know, and 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 that's not personal. I'm just saying uh, from from an entertainment perspective, I, Roman Reigns just never did it for me. Uh, and then after seeing him transform into this uh, tribal chief uh, kind of very, very prickish character, um, it is, I'm like, okay, well, if he's capable of doing this kind of work as a heel, how come he wasn't a heel from the beginning? Because... To me, you, you can't possibly compare the past Roman Reigns to this Roman Reigns. I mean, it's uh, it, it's night and day, and, and the intensity just emanating from this guy and 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 the the amount of interest that I have in Roman Reigns. I I'll tell you, I have never felt this emotionally invested in in this guy. So I am very. Uh, I'm very um, into what they're doing because, and I'll be the first to admit to you that when when they started this feud with with Jay Uso, you know, before anybody realized what they were gonna do with it, I was like, oh no, 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 please God, no, anything but that. Uh, and, and the re- and the reason being was. I felt in in them choosing Jay Uso, it really demonstrated a, a lack of of depth in in their roster because I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, well the only reason that that you're having him go with Jay, one is because of the family connection, but two 
it really demonstrates what what an awful job you've done in building baby faces despite the depths of your roster. I mean, this is just another example of WWE going with you going with the old reliables and refusing to build more characters. Now that I now that I understand um, you know where where they were going with it, um, you know, I I lo- I love every bit of this. Now now, as as a match, um, it it was really it's really lacking uh, um, f- for me because because I felt that having a st- a stipulation inside of a hell in a cell uh, really hurt hurt the the mystique, mystique of the of the cell itself. I'm like, why are we having an I quit match in a hell in a cell. So from that perspective, I still don't like it. But having said having said that, the the fact that that Jimmy Uso only said I quit because of, uh, or I'm sorry, because Jay said I quit only because of what Roman was doing to his brother, that makes sense. But then again, you. If you were gonna go that way, it doesn't need. It didn't need to be in a Hell in a Cell match, you know, because you got you got three Hell in a Cell matches, and this one you've already put an I Quit stipulation on. Well, the I Quit stipulation makes perfect sense for the storyline, but then you don't need this to be in Hell in a Cell at all, and you already have two other Hell in a Cell matches on the card, which is complete overkill in and of itself. So, you know, so if we just take it from a, a storytelling perspective, it was, it was great. And let me, let me tell you, Jay, uh, Jay Uso has earned a whole different level of respect from me because that guy has, has proven to me that he can, he can hang in, in the main event scene where, you know, uh, Largely, we've just seen him as a tag team competitor for the last decade, and I, I felt that this shows, showed a very nice uh, deviation from what we typically see from the Usos. So hats off to them. Um, it, could, could, could it have been a little bit better in terms of a match? Yes, but in terms of in terms of storytelling and just and just kicking the, the ever living dog shit out of um, out of Jay Uso for the purpose of making the point that you know Roman Reigns is the head of the table, and just how they ended it with Afa and Sika, and that you know that old school feel of it, I, I absolutely love that. So from that from that perspective, this uh, this match gets an A from from me. What about you? What did you think? Hello, you're you've you've muted yourself. How 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 does that happen? I don't know. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know how that happened because I didn't click anything. All right, so um, I yeah, I gave it a three three and a half stars because this was a so, great um, match. What, now, would you would you think of it from like a storytelling perspective? I liked it. I liked the story a lot. 
And would you would you have changed anything about the the wrestling per, perspective? No, I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. Although the I quit, yeah, uh, I don't know why it was an I quit match, but uh, okay. Well, I mean, I you know the the. And as I said, I just I don't think it needed two stipulations. It, it either had to be a hell in a cell or an I quit match. And for me, the I quit stipulation made more sense because of its personal nature. Um, but right. you know, I, I, I just think the whole hell in a cell uh, stipulation is so misused. Um, in comparison to the kind of thing we used to see like back in the day when it was, you know, Kane and The Undertaker or Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, you know? Yeah. All right, our next match, it was a devil, it was a disqualification with Elias defeating Jeff Hardy after Hardy uh, hit him with the steel chair. This match went seven minutes and 46 seconds. I don't care. Uh, and I, I I don't give a damn either because you know we've already seen this storyline. We know that Jet we know that Jeff Hardy did not run over um, Elias, and in 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 running with th- this storyline again, you're making Elias look like a jackass because everybody knows. Because you you went over it ad nauseum, that it was that Jeff was not responsible for hitting hitting Elias. So is Elias incapable of watching TV for five months? Was or was he incapable of using the internet? Was he so fucked up by the vehicle that he was in a coma for five months and doesn't remember this happening? I mean, help me understand the stupidity because. Somebody's missing something, and, and in doing so, you're making Elias look like an absolute moron. Okay, and then the next one for the money in the bank for the money in the bank briefcase, the Miz defeating Otis, and they gave this seven twenty six. And the most and the one of the most surprising parts is the ending with Tucker turning on Otis. Well, um. I uh, I don't like the fact that they broke up the tag team uh, because you know the tag team division is just a joke as it is. So it's like you're you're breaking up one of the only like legitimate tag teams that you have. Um, that being said, um, you know when Otis won the Money in the Bank, I was a little bit I was a little bit dubious on one hand because you know the comedy gimmick and. You know, so I, I mean, I never really bought into him as a, a Money in the Bank winner. However, I was, I was, I was optimistic because, um, you know, I figured that maybe, the, maybe they'd be building a new star and, and maybe put some, put some emphasis into Otis and and really, you know, evolve his character. I figured, you know, maybe, it, maybe if we if if he wins the Money in the Bank ladder match, maybe we'll see like an evolution and a more uh, serious side of Otis, and 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 thus maybe we would take him seriously as a as a contender. Uh, 
being that they didn't do that, um, you know, I, I couldn't take Otis seriously as a contender um, with his current uh, with his current uh, presentation. Uh, that was never going to happen. Um, so I, I think I think they I think they missed the boat um, with with the the money in the bank. But I, I think I think in a way that they, they, I mean they had to realize that if they weren't going to change Otis's presentation, that he wasn't going to work with the money in the bank briefcase, which is why they changed it uh, and took it off of him. That that part I agree with. The fact that the fact that they gave it to the Miz, uh, it doesn't do jack shit for me because I'm I'm I don't care about the Miz. The Miz, the Miz has the same comedy gimmick. Yes, he might he might take the Money in the Bank uh, contract more seriously given the fact that he's owned it and cashed it in before. Uh, but that being said, I I don't care about this version of the Miz. You know the version that, of the Miz that that cash in the money of the bank in 2010 uh, was and you know and, and was in the the main event of WrestleMania in 2011. You know that's a that's a much more serious uh, version of the Miz and and one that I can take seriously as a as a championship contender. This one where he's just dicking around, you know. Hosting uh, the dirt sheet with John Morrison, I don't give a fuck, and 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 therefore, therefore they're taking one of one of my favorite gimmicks of all time, that being the Money in the Bank, and just bastardizing it. So it's like I don't care. So you mean you don't like his whole hey hey ho ho? Oh, I I haven't liked the Miz for years. <laughs> Okay. Oh, come on. That's, and, and, that's, that's and, so cool, though. That song is good. No, it's not. Where, where's the <laughs> mute button on my side of this motherfucker? Don't, where, where, you know, don't I have the, the option to do that? Oh, yes, I do. Excuse me. Okay, you're you're unmuted. What the hell? <laughs> well, well, well. To see, that's what happens. That's what happens when when you put over the Miz. <laughs> this is this is what happens. We go into virtual timeout, and then <laughs> I have to take a, a breather and reconsider the fact that I do a podcast with you because I cannot be I cannot be associated with those bullshit opinions. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next match we had was the second Hell in a Cell, Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks becoming the new SmackDown Women's Champion. This match went 26 minutes, 31 seconds. Okay, as, as a match... Uh, and as a as part of the feud, I absolutely loved it. Um, this was this was one of one of my uh, favorite Hell in a Cell matches. The only 
The only Hell in a Cell match in terms of the women that I thought was better, and now, now granted, take this with a grain of salt because there's only been three women's Hell in a Cell matches, um, but I, but I did think that um, that Sasha's match with Becky at last year's Hell in a Cell was better. Um, largely, not to say that this match wasn't great because it was. I mean, I was invested all the way through. The only thing that I would have that I would have done differently is I would have um, I would have minimized the kendo sticks uh, spots because that was entirely overdone. And from my count, there were at least three or four meteoras. Uh, performed by Sasha Banks. And yes, uh, the one into the cage was was great. I love that one. Um, I don't, but I don't really need to see the same move over and over again, three or four times in a match. Uh, I'm, I'm just not interested in that. You, you, you start to lose my, my attention when you, when you overdo a move to, to that extent. And as it, as it relates to both the Meteora and the Kendo Six, um, that that was overdone. But every everything else um, was 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 fantastic. I was like I said, I was invested the whole time. You know, of 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 any of anyone that had a Hell in a Cell match uh, on this card. This was the feud that belonged inside Hell in a Cell, and for that reason, that's why I thought it should have been the main event. Um, before I knew, like, had I known that that Afa and Sika were going to be involved, um, I, I would have been like, okay, well then this, then Roman versus Jay needs to be the main event. One because of the storytelling, but two because of the of the epic visual that we got at the end of that match. That's the kind of visual that I want taking me off of a pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, quite frankly. Because that's that's the storyline that's gonna hook me, and that's the storyline that me that made me really, really want to see SmackDown this week. Um but um but yeah, I mean, Sasha and Bailey never disappoint. Now, now I heard some people on the Twitter sphere, who I who quite frankly, the luckily, luckily, I found some very smart people on Twitter. But some, but some of them are just complete morons, and uh-huh. and thus I was I was subject to the opinion that this match was better than Sasha versus Bailey in Brooklyn. No, and no, 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 it's not. Can 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 we mute those people? I, I yeah yeah I was I was I was very heavy on the block button uh, when I was hearing that when I was seeing that opinion. Blasphemous! How dare you! Oh my How god! Dare How I mean, Jesus Christ! Oh my goodness. I mean, th- that match in Brooklyn is a pillar of the rebirth of women's professional wrestling. That that stands in a league of its own. That you know, and look, take nothing away from their Hell in a Cell match. Like I said, that match was 
in my opinion, it could have been it could have been argued that that should have been the only that should have been the only Hell in a Cell match on the card because there's no way that there should have been three Hell in a Cell matches. Like like I said, Roman versus Jay didn't need it, and Drew versus uh, Randy. I'll tell you what, by the time they got to that match, I was I was disinterested in the cell because I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing that they can do. One that I haven't seen tonight, but it's 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 probably you're not gonna be able to do anything that I haven't seen in years past. You know, so it's just I don't know. But but hats off to Sasha and Bailey for continuing to I deliver on one of the best storylines that I've that I've seen. All right, and uh, the next match again. I don't care. Bobby Lashley defeating Slapjack by submission to be retain okay. the U.S. No, championship. No, I'm I'm just gonna say two things about this match because uh, we're just we're gonna breeze through this really quickly. One, um, I don't care. Uh, because it one it wasn't advertised, and two it just seems like having a match for the sake of having a match. Uh, and uh, and based on how the, they've handled retribution, uh, and the fact that it's one of the worst storylines I have ever seen in terms of how it's been executed. Uh, I no longer give a fuck, and my my mind really starts to wander when Retribution is on my screen. I because I just I'm so done with it. It's 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 butchered to the point where it's just it it needs to die. So Retribution has heat with Ben. Well, well, you know, because in theory, in theory, it's a cool storyline. Like if you if you had told me, you know, before this storyline was born, that you're gonna have you're gonna have NXT people who are dissatisfied with being overlooked by the WWE machine and coming to take what's theirs and, and destroying the main roster and and taking what they want, that that's awesome. That that storyline builds itself, in my opinion, but then, then just to see it executed the way it has been, um, where you have, where you have people running around for week for weeks on end, looking like Antifa, with with no story with no storyline advancement whatsoever. And and then and then you finally start and then in one promo where they come out looking like looking like Slipknot knockoffs, you know. And and, and, and I gotta tell you something as, as a music fan because I'm a real big fan of Corey Taylor, um, more more for Stone Sour than Slipknot. But um, but even even so, that being said, when you when something that you're doing gives me bad incarnations of anything that Corey Taylor was associated with. I got a problem. Number, number two, um, you know, they, they look like Jason Voorhees knockoffs. Like what the fuck is going on? Like, you know, my, my, my 10 year old nephew who just dressed up as Halloween 
you know, tonight, they'll go trick-or-treating. He had a more intimidating mask than these motherfuckers. I mean, you know, come on. It's just, it's, it's so stupid. And then, but the, the thing that did it for me, more than, more than anything else, what did this storyline in was the fact that they signed contracts. They, they had Retribution sign contracts uh, for a company that they vowed to, to destroy. You know, cue the head explosion because at that point, I'm like, okay, fuck you. I don't want to see it. And I know that our listeners can't actually see me while I'm doing this, but I'm getting so animated that I flipped off the camera. And I, I was not, I was not, I was not flipping off my co-host, but I literally flipped off my camera. <laughs> okay, and then with that brings us to the main event: Randy Orton defeating Drew McIntyre in the final, the third Hell in a Cell to become the new WWE Champion. They gave this one 30 minutes and 31 seconds. Okay, well, uh, number one. Uh, this match should not have been the main event because I was least interested in this match of all three Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, num- number two, um, you kind of booked yourself into a corner where I felt that, that Randy Orton had to win because you're not going to have him lose four straight uh, pay-per-views because he had, he had lost at, at, uh, three pay-per-views um, prior to that. Um, you know, he, he lost, uh, twice to, um, he lost twice to, uh, Drew McIntyre. Um, and then he, he lost, um, he lost at one point in, in the middle of that to, uh, Keith Lee at, uh, Clash of Champions. So I'm, I'm just, so from, from that perspective, Okay, you're not gonna have the Viper lose four times in a row. That that's been established. So, on one hand, I'm glad that they gave it to Randy. I think that that opens something up for for when Edge comes back and and adds another layer to, to their feud. Uh, number, but on the others, on the other hand, I'm not really interested in seeing Randy Orton as champion again. Uh, and that's not necessarily a criticism. I, I mean, look, Randy Orton's been doing uh, some of the best work of, of his career. Uh, you know, if if Randy Orton versus Edge had been had been you know built just on promos itself, and or 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 would be remembered in history just for the promos themselves then that would probably be one of the top feuds in wrestling history, quite frankly, because those, those promos were fantastic. Um, but, um, you know, seeing a 40-year-old Randy Orton as, as champion when you have the most stacked roster that I've ever seen, and yet you're misusing it to this degree, that doesn't really interest me. So, I don't, you know... I don't, it's nothing against Randy, but I just, there's just something about it that just doesn't interest me, so. All right, so that's our review of Hell in a Cell. Uh, we're now going to move on to our review of Monday Night Raw. 
And thank God you're doing this review because I just can't. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into our review Monday Night Raw. So this Raw opens up with we were having qualifying matches for the upcoming Survivor Series. And I have a cool, I have a cool story I'm going to tell you about the Undertaker, but that's like in a later, further, closer to the event. I'll tell you a cool story about that. Cool. Okay, so our, one of the first qualifying matches, AJ Styles defeating Chef Hardy to uh, qualify. Now, Ben, what do you think about this tall guy, this Jordan guy that's with Styles? Well, um, I just I don't. I don't see a bodyguard gimmick lasting very long. So, um, you know, I mean, he, he definitely, he definitely, um, fills the role. And I, um, I want to, I want to see what he's got, but, um, from what, from what I've heard, um, he, he's not, um, from what I've heard, he's not very good in the ring. So it will be interesting to see, um, if, if he has a shelf life, or okay. if they're gonna find something for him. All right. Then we had Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado defeating Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. I don't care because in the middle of this match, we have an impromptu twenty-four-seven championship match. So we have two matches in one. Uh, well, that makes that makes no sense because they're going against their own rules. Because if you remember. <laughs> The 24-7 championship rules are suspended during active competition. So oh that's, that's my first problem. And my second problem is I, wa I want to have sympathy for Drew Gulak because he is, he is an extremely uh, talented uh, professional wrestler who made the choice to re-sign with WWE when he was a free agent. So from that perspective, okay, well, you knew exactly what was going to happen if you did that. Look, and I'm not knocking him for, like, getting security for his, for his family or whatever, but I'm saying if you are dissatisfied with, with what's going on creatively, why, I mean, you know, why not go to AEW and make money and – and you know, be happy. I, I, you know, so more power to him if this is what he wants to do. But it's just if if I'm him, I would have gotten as far away from this company as humanly possible because the fact that they have this guy of all people going for the 24/7 championship is just an absolute joke. And they this was the shortest match on the show at two minutes and eight seconds. Well, of course it is, because the 24-7 championship is a meaningless piece of shit. <laughs> then we had Keith Lee defeating Elias after following the match. Jeff Hardy lays Elias out with the guitar shot from behind. Oh, God. So, so now we're having Keith Lee further denigrated because, he, you know, he has to be associated with this feud with Jeff Hardy and oh, no, Elias. This, what the this, hell? Was, this was just uh, this was the second qualifying match so now he's the second person on the team. So, so in, in other words, in other words, Keith Lee 
Um, Keith Lee was was a winner by disqualification, which further no, no, no. He no, he pinned Elias. Jeff Hardy attacked him after the match. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. But but I mean, still, can we get Keith Lee the fuck away from these things? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, they, they have they have fucked him up beyond all recognition, and I don't know how that's possible. I say that with almost every NXT guy now, but it's just, what the fuck is up these people's asses? And then we had the Hurt Business defeating Retribution by disqualification. Good, great, care. grand, wonderful. Can, can that be the official funeral for Retribution on my television screen? Because I don't want to see it anymore. And this was an eight-person elimination match. So I don't care. And you already know how much I hate eight-man tag matches. Then we had Drew McIntyre defeating The Miz. I don't care. And then then we have a four-way with Lana defeating Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. Why? Oh, that's right. She got driven to a table again. Because okay, no, no, no. That this. I know the reason you're gonna keep saying that she's getting driven. There's something else going on here. It's not just that. Well, well, and 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 the and I think and I think we're headed in the same direction actually, because in addition to what we've already heard about about the reason for this storyline. Apparently, uh, somebody thinks that it will build her up as a baby face. Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking, the plan is to push her as a big uh, baby face on Raw. And, and I, I, don't, I don't see how this, I mean, yeah, she'll get sympathy, but I'm not sure how this builds her as a baby face. This just I, makes her look stupid. I don't like the way they're doing it, like always putting her through the table, but yeah. In the main event, the third person to join Team Raw, Sheamus defeating Riddle. Not Matt okay. Riddle, uh, Riddle. Co- co- couple of things. Uh-oh. Couple of things here. Uh-oh. Number one, that match was absolutely a banger out of nowhere. That was a great match. Okay. Um, number two, what the hell is this company doing? <laughs> what? Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, everyone that was Generation to- X probably presents its world tonight. Okay, sorry. Yeah, everyone uh, the world that listens to this show. So far, we've hit eight different countries. Our, our listenership is going crazy since September. We really appreciate that. Uh, for, for those of you that, that haven't heard me say this before, please pay close attention. What in the fuck are they doing with Matt Riddle? Because, you know, WWE has this fascination with shortening names as if their fan base can't remember anything that has more than two syllables involved in it. Um... But Matt Riddle of all people, really, really, bro, really, because 
Okay, number one, number one, probably one of the most legit, talented dudes on the roster can legitimately kick your ass with the UFC thing. Has every bit of charisma, everything you're looking for. Um, so you you shorten his name, number one. The reason you you have him lose a Survivor Series qualifying match, probably because everything that's going on with him outside the ring and with all the, the lawsuits and that kind of thing. Um, we're going to let that play out with the proper legal processes before commenting on that because I'm not in that business. Um, but it's just, oh, my God. It's just, what what is this? You want to dress you want to dress him up as the Riddler for Halloween? Is it is this what the eventual gimmick is going to be? You're going to add an R to the end of his fucking name? Yeah, but he's fine with it. I'm I'm sorry. He's fine with it. He said. Well, well, he he might be, but I'm not. Okay. This is just a, this is just a fucking. Ugh. Okay, wait, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna shorten your name. Your name is now Pierce. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Ben's uh, my quote, ladies and gentlemen, my quote is like, where's that mute button? Uh, and on that note. <laughs> That's a review of Monday Night Raw. We am now gonna throw it over to my co-host for his review of. Halloween Havoc. Oh, how I missed this pay-per-view or this event. Yes, and actually, I had very low expectations um, for this because uh, prior to the show, um, there were only two matches advertised. Yeah, that's why we didn't get, that's why we didn't give our predictions last week. Um, Exactly. So, we had uh, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai and Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. Those were the two advertised matches. And then on top of that, uh, we had also heard that the latest COVID outbreak at the Performance Center, um, also known as the uh, CWC now, I don't know why, um, Actually, uh, CWC. I know. I know why they call it the CWC. Oh well, feel free. Capital Wrestling was what this company was called in nine in the fifties before renaming it to WWWF. Oh, okay. Well, then that's a good throwback. That's good. All right. Um, okay. Well, that, that explains the video package. Um, on the first night when they were um, yep. when they were showing uh, Vince, Vince McMahon Senior, I did that, not know that's that. That's okay. uh, Toots Mont and just McMahon, and then it was taken over by Vince McMahon Senior, and they changed it to WWWF. Oh, very very nice. Aren't you a little encyclopedia? <laughs> <laughs> very interesting. Actually, actually, I'm uh, I'm. I'm quite impressed by that. Anyway, um, so um, so yeah, w- with uh, with those with those two things put together, the fact that they only had two matches advertised, and me suspecting that uh, COVID would would wreak further havoc on the show, 
I, I didn't have a very, um, very high expectation for quality of this show. Um, but I am happy to say that I was uh, pleasantly surprised because I, I enjoyed this show um, much, much more than, I, than I've enjoyed um, NXT at any other point this year, um, which, was a, which was a change of, of pace that was very welcome. So with that being said, uh, let me um, minimize Elio's face so I can get into the review of WWE NXT Halloween Havoc. Um, okay. okay, the computer did something weird when I minimized you. Hold on. There we go. Okay. So, um, immediately, as soon as they go on the air, I'm, I'm excited because uh, they, they brought back the giant uh, pumpkin with the, with the gargoyle. And uh, that that was giving me throwbacks to 1997 because Halloween Havoc 97 is one of the first pay-per-views that I remember because it had um, my favorite uh, match of all time on there. That being uh, that being Eddie Guerrero and and Rey Mysterio, and, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit further down the line. But then, uh, despite my initial uh, you know, soaring feeling of happiness. Uh, Johnny Gargano pisses me off because um, as as soon as uh, as soon as Johnny uh, gets out to, gets out to the ring after Priest was played to the ring by a uh, live guitarist who did his entrance theme. Which by which by the way that was absolutely sick. I love I love when NXT has live performances because um, because um, Triple H's and my music tastes are very similar when it comes to metal and you know alternative and that kind of thing. So I, I appreciated that. But then out comes Johnny Gargano and. As I've said, I, I have trouble buying into him as a heel. But having said that, when he cut the pumpkin, and you know the the deflatable thing shrunk, I was legitimately pissed, um, oh. because I do like the pumpkin. So he he automatically had my ire raised for that. Uh-oh. And then we we get the um, before any of this, we get the. Um, we get the first spin the wheel, make the deal moment of the night, and Shotzi um, <clears throat> Blackheart is out in a electric chair to, to spin the wheel. And it lands on a Devil's Playground match. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what the fuck is a Devil's Playground match? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is nothing more than a no disqualification, no count out match. So I really didn't need the fancy, you know, thing, but I, I get it. It's Halloween, whatever. But this this was really uh, nothing short of a false count anywhere. That's what it was. Um, but I uh, I was um, this was good, not not fantastic. Um. The two spots that I that I really appreciated were um, was the spot with the coffin where it scared uh, Gargano, and then the um, 
the spot where out comes the Reaper, fresh from a Scream film, uh, <laughs> to help uh, Johnny. And come to find out that the Scream character was played by Indy Hartwell. Really? Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you know? Did they uh, reveal that? Uh, well, no, but it was it was reported. Um, it was reported after the fact, and it actually makes sense because if you recall, uh, from several weeks ago, uh, Indy Hartwell was involved in several at-home segments with uh, Johnny Johnny and Candace. One where they ha- they had this disagreement over dinner, and then another one where. Indy delivered a uh, delivered a TV to the house to replace the one that was oh, broken. Right. Yeah, yeah. As a result of the dinner altercation, so okay, that was it. so that was nicely played in. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and then the other the other part that I that I really liked was when um, the a uh, a tombstone was broken. To not to knock out priest, um, and and he also went through another piece of, of the uh, the setup there, which was which was very uh, which looked very cool. Um, and then I w- I was surprised that Johnny um, captured the North American title. Um, you know, the match itself was a little hokey, but I mean. I'm I'm willing to give it a pass because it is Halloween Havoc and they and they did have some some cool spots in there um, that I that I really enjoyed. Um, so uh, so I I, I get I I'll give this one a B minus. I really did enjoy this one. Okay. Um. Then then uh, next up we have. Um, Cameron Grimes uh, in the backstage area. Unfortunately, this guy still hasn't figured out how to wear a shirt over his sweater vest. And by sweater vest, I mean chest hair. It's absolutely disgusting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's that. And then, uh, yeah, he's freaking out about his match with uh, Dexter Loomis. Uh, William Regal comes to inform him that he needs to go to a parking lot where a van is waiting to to deliver him to um, the place where the match will be uh, will be happening. Okay. Now, now I got now I was confused as hell because when um, when I see the uh, when I see the the van pull up. They have this. They have this creepy guy sitting in the in the passenger seat, and you know it was it was supposed to be a Halloween thing, I guess. I guess, but I guess I was overthinking it because I'm like, is that a Von Eric? Because literally, like the guy sitting in there looks like a Von Eric, but apparently it was just a, um, it was just a creepy, um, creepy Halloween character. Speaking of creepy, <clears throat> out comes Michael P.S. Hayes in his orange getup. I could have done without that. 
but but then after after all this hubbub, uh, they get Grimes in the car, and off he goes to his uh, to his match with uh, with um, Dexter Loomis, which I was which I was really looking forward to. Before we get to that, um, we have we have Pat McAfee out uh, in the ring with Oni Warwick and Danny Birch giving an explanation as to why he hired Ridge Holland to attack Adam Cole and so on and so forth. Um, he he said that. Um, that uh, he's got his hands in a bunch of in a bunch of things like uh, he does Sirius XM College Game Day and and more and more he, he didn't he didn't have time to uh, to get revenge on Adam Cole himself after their face off at uh, Takeover Thirty so he hired Rich Holland to do it and gave him a Mercedes. Um, as payment now, unfortunately, um, Ridge Holland broke his leg in the process, so that was an ex- expensive mistake. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say a uh, Mercedes in exchange for a broken leg would be an expensive mistake. But I don't know. Somebody gave me a trick out Mercedes. I might be able. I might be willing to break my leg, mm-hmm. Con- considering my legs don't really don't really work very well in the first place. That might be a that might be a worthy trade off for me, but I'm not sure about Ridge Holland. Um, oh wait a minute, I, I already have a Mercedes in my driveway. I'll just I'll just have my mom drive me around. So I, I guess I don't have to I, I guess I don't have to break my leg anyway. Oddly enough, though, I have to have a discussion with my mom. We uh, we've had that car for a while, and I still haven't been in it because that's her car. But maybe I can maybe I can butter her up to give me a ride one time. Anyway, aren't aren't my aren't my sidebars very entertaining? PNC exclusive. Exactly. Um. So um. So we get we get the explanation, and then out comes uh, the returning uh, Pete Dunn, who looks as if he's going to assist. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, who came, who came out to stop, uh, to stop Pat from talking all this shit on Adam Cole. So then out comes, uh, like I said, out comes Pete Dunn, and he he hands, uh, he hands Kyle O'Reilly a chair, so it looks like they're gonna go two on four, two or two on three against uh, Pat McAfee, Ernie Morgan, and Danny Birch. Uh, long story short, uh, Pete Dunn turns heel and joins, uh, joins up with, um, with McAfee's contingency. I'm not sure why a badass like, uh, Pete Dunn would need to join up with, uh, Pat McAfee. It doesn't seem like a personality match, but that's just me. Okay. Um, then, then after that. Um, after that, that's that. That's when um, that's when uh, 
uh, what's what's his name? Uh, oh yeah, I was distracted by 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 images of his chest hair. Yes, that. You're that not a fan of Cameron Grimes, are you? No, uh, no, I'm real. I'm really not. So then, then we have, um, then we have uh, him getting in the car, and and then here comes another match. This one I actually want to see because it didn't involve Cameron Grimes' chest hair. Um, so, so now it is Santos Escobar versus Jake Atlas. Um, this is just a, a, a squash match that further puts over the fact that they use a loaded mask to knock out their opponents. Finally, we get to the, the beginning of the Haunted House of Terror match. Between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Lewis. Um, You're going to have to get the mute button ready. What am I about to say? Um, oh, should you should you just get it out of the way before I do my review, or do you want me to do the review first? I'm starting to like Cameron Grimes. He was entertaining in this match. <sighs> <laughs> his character after he takes a razor to his chest. Oh, well, whatever. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they. I actually like how they did this uh, splitting the match up into different uh, segments because they went the uh, cinematic route with the haunted house. So I actually um, really like that. So in, in the first part of it, we get uh, Grimes shouting at, at, um, at Loomis um uh that he's here and he's not he's not afraid of him and then and then he gets scared by a deer head on the wall uh, and, and a uh a phantom tricycle um there was also a throwback to Heath um to uh Heath Slater's gimmick because we got a you got kids from uh from Cameron so that that was pretty that was pretty funny. Uh, he believed he, and then this this was a really funny part. Um, so so as he finds he finds a referee after after this, and continues to search the house for for Loomis. Well, he encounters. Uh, I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. What was uh, what was that uh, part where we found that referee? What was that about? I get the reference. I get the movie reference. I I think I'm wondering if that's where they went with that one. Well, with, I, with, I, like I, a bubbler witch uh, type thing. Yeah, I yeah I think that I think that's where they were going with it because um because okay. especially when he turned around and he had the scary face. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, but anyway, so he, so after this, after this encounter, uh, Luis continues to search the house and he, he finds a shower with a silhouette involved and he gets all excited because he thinks it's Luis's sister and tries to get in there, um, with, with 
Loomis's sister. Well, it's a, it's not Loomis's sister. It's a demon girl that looks that looks like she took uh, posing lessons from Bray Wyatt because she's bent over backwards, uh, like like the crab. And then uh, he he gets scared and, and 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 runs away while being pursued by all the creepy things that were in the house. Uh, we cut back to live action from the Capitol Wrestling Center, and it is now time for Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley. Can I just say that that haunted house match? That's that that kind of creeped me out. That was scary. Well, well, and, and it's it's not over because they continued it throughout the evening. It yeah. was kind of a, no, I, I, I'm not really... saying that. that was scary. That kind of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remind me off the air. I'll tell you my haunted house story. I can't I can't tell it on the air because it's it's kind of uh, grim. Um, I don't want people to get the wrong idea, but I'll tell you about it off the air. Um, So Raquel Gonzalez versus uh, Rhea Ripley, um, now that we're back to live action, and, uh, you know, they keep putting putting this feud over as, like, a a battle of the badasses or whatever, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's just not, maybe Raquel Gonzalez isn't my thing, but it's, it's just... I don't really see. I don't really see much out of her other than, uh, other than she's just like she kind of looks like China to me. I don't. I don't really know. Um, but anyway, um, it, it was a, it was a decent match. But to me, I, to me, I just get taken out of it because Rhea Ripley, even though she was the winner, to me, to me between the two of them, Rhea Ripley is so much more interesting. So. But I, I did like I did like I did like the fact that they had uh, Rhea Ripley playing from behind and, and it wasn't just it wasn't just a squash match because originally I thought that that's what it was going to be. Um. So at, after that, wow, they they actually called this match a very very good. I wasn't getting that. Oh well. Um. <clears throat> So we're back to Cameron Grimes, and and she, uh, or, or he has returned to the arena, and then we get, uh, we get a a backstage segment where Killian Bain is dressed up as Hulk Hogan. I was not interested in this. Then Killian, Killian Dane enters, and he is the Shockmaster. But it was emphasized that he didn't fall over because he didn't want to. Then, then right in the middle of this, two more guys enter, dressed as the Giant and the Yeti as a throwback to Halloween Havoc 95. I wasn't. I wasn't really interested in this. Um, luckily, we get back to uh, to Grimes, Grimes versus Loomis quite quickly, and they actually face off in the ring. And we got the smoke and the zombie girls and and things like that. It was, it was kind of cool. Um, I 
I, I would have expected this to be a little bit campy, but it was, it was actually, it was done very, very well. Um, and, um, after, after Grimes quickly got the win in, in the, uh, in the, in the ring after, uh, after a spine buster and, and, uh, his submission move, I, I don't know what they call that. My, my bad. Um, he just put, uh, Grimes to sleep, and I'm unfam unfamiliar with what the name is called. But then, then uh, Grimes was left alone with all the with the zombie girl, and uh, his his reaction as he's all afraid was very uh, was very funny. Uh, once See, he I told away. you, you're coming around. He's entertaining. Uh, well, I, you know the the character might be, but the you know the the body hair is just, just like Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it makes it makes my skin crawl more than the zombie girl. Uh, <laughs> so then then we have uh, Tommaso Ciampa cutting a promo saying that he doesn't recognize this NXT. I kind of agree with him. I don't recognize this version of NXT, despite the fact that I did enjoy Halloween Havoc, but it hasn't—it hasn't been the same this year at all. Uh, so I—I I agree with him there, and uh, and he says that that he's going to get the spotlight away from from Velveteen Dream, saying he's 25 and full of talent, but keeps getting in his own way. I, I wonder. Um, so the, this sets up Champa versus Dream for, for next week. Then uh, we get the main event, which is a tables, ladders, and scares match. Pretty much a ladder match. Um, and uh, I got to tell you, I... I um, I wasn't really a fan of this match. I wanted to be, especially because I'm a huge fan of Io Shirai, but I, I think that they were having some time constraint issues because a lot of this uh, felt very rushed to me. Um, but, um, uh, but overall, this was easily the best uh, NXT show that they've had f for over a year. And I find that when I come into a WWE show with low expectations, they actually tend to surprise me and pull something out of their ass. And that's what they definitely did here. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the quality of this show. This, and, was, uh, this was a fun show. Yes, I, I was thoroughly impressed, by and large. And, and with that, I will give my voice boss a break and shift it back over to Elio for his review of th this week's AEW. Okay, AEW. Mm. It, was, it, it still uh, needs work, but this was uh, one of the better ones. Not a lot better, but just a little than what we've seen in the past weeks. I, uh, I, was, I was a very big fan of... Um, of Pentagon versus uh, Kenny Omega. Who's gonna win the? What's who are the final? Who's gonna win this um, tournament? Well, I I think I think it's I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be Kenny because I think it's gonna it's gonna gonna kind of reintroduce him as the cleaner. 
you know, because they're kind of teasing it a little bit, but they're not going all the way with it yet. But I think, I think if they have Kenny Omega win, and and then and then have him complete the turn and then go on to challenge for the championship, I think that's a perfect way to to reintroduce him as kind of the kind of the version of him we thought we were gonna get in AEW from the get go, but we haven't quite gotten yet. But I think I think they're gonna pull the trigger on the cleaner. So. The 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 trigger. Yeah, see, what, see what I did there? Yes. <laughs> well well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Golf clap and all of that. Very good. That's good. AEW okay. So this tournament continues with the semifinals. Adam Page defeats Wardlow. I'm starting to like Wardlow. Yeah, he's he's growing on me for sure. Then in the second match, we had Eddie Kingston defeating Matt Seidel at the end. Kingston locks his submission in and yelling at Seidel to to give up by calling him Mox. And then at the end, he says, sorry, Mox. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love Eddie Kingston. So, um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that he's getting his shot on a big stage. Then we get a lumberjack match for the TNT Championship. Cody defeating Orange Cassidy and... Um, there's been uh, new additions to the Nightmare family. And uh, they are? They are the Gun Club, Billy and Austin Gunn, and Lee Johnson. Oh, God. Was that was that confirmed on Dark? Because I don't watch Dark. That, that, was, uh, that was announced by Cody himself. I don't know if it was on Dark, but uh, he, he did uh, announce it himself. Oh God! Well, I guess they, I guess they had to replace um, Allie, who is now back with um, back with the Butcher and the Blade after breaking up with QT Marshall. Thank God. Yeah. Did, you, did you see the way that their explanation? No. Oh, their explanation no. was that apparently she maxed out Marshall's uh, credit card. Oh God, that's that's kind of lame. But having said having said that, I'm glad that I'm glad that she's back with Butcher in the play because that makes a lot more sense. Then we had an NWA Women's Championship match: Serena Deeb defeating Layla Hirsch to retain the championship. Yeah, and did you see it still had uh, it still had Thunder Rosa's face on it? Mm-hmm. Following that, we had Sean Spears defeating VSK. I don't care. This should have been Eddie Kingston's spot. He should have uh, been faced with this opponent because I don't know why they gave him Matt Seidel. Yeah, that was a little weird. And the main event, we get the second of the semifinals, Kenny Omega defeating Pentagon. This was a great match. Oh, my God, yeah. It was, it, was, it was great. I'm actually going to go back and then take a second look at it. And uh, pretty much that's uh, the RV of AEW. We are now going to look at Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, Christ. Well, actually, no, not so much. This, this, was a, this was a much better show than usual because they had the, the follow-up from uh, Hell in a Cell. So with that being said, uh, I will retract my earlier hubbub and 
Let's get to the review here. So uh, Roman Reigns uh, leads off the show. And um, I had to fast forward through um, some of this because we get a video recap of what we just saw on uh, Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Um, I didn't need to see that again. Um, so they show um, they show Roman and, and Paul headed to the ring, and then we get a shot of Jey Uso, who's already in the ring, uh, uh, presumably awaiting orders um, from his his new tribal chief, because per the stipulation of Hell in a Cell. He now has to fall in line or be uh, be excommunicated from the family. So um, I was very interested to see how they were gonna they were gonna do that, and uh, we'll get into that further as we go uh, throughout the show. Um, so this this promo um, was some very good. Uh, very good character work from from Roman. Really emphasized him as a as a dick, um, which I which I appreciate in my heels. It's kind of a throwback, like Triple H and Evolution, kind of like you know he's the man and everybody else needs to fall in line. Um, but what really what really uh, put the um, put the promo over the top for me was the uh, the emotion shown by Jay um, because you could really see the, the, the turbulence that he was feeling in, in terms of emotions because you could, you kind of tell that he didn't, he didn't really want to feel the way he does about Reigns, but he, having him say that he hated him for what he was doing to him and the fact that he, the fact that he only said, I quit to save his brother and that he doesn't, um, respect Roman. Um, this was a really good promo. Uh, the, the, the only thing that I would have that I would have done differently, not necessarily with this promo, but just throughout the evening, I would have I would have had some backstage segments with Jay, kind of like internally re wrestling with his decision. Because in this promo you could you could you could really feel the emotion from him, but then at the end of the night, I was a little bit confused uh, by how uh, completely um, Jay seemed to fall in line and just kind of magically turn heel um, for the for the sake of his for the sake of his family. Now, now obviously that's the logical conclusion. I w I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more build, especially given the emotion. That he was exhibiting in in the beginning, it was kind of a, it was it was a really sharp contrast from the emotion in the beginning to just the completely falling in line and and kicking uh, and kicking Daniel Bryan's ass to prove a point. Um, but uh, before we get into before we get into that any further, uh, the first match of of the evening was a uh, Survivor Series uh, qualifying match. Um, the tagline for um, for this year's um, Survivor Series is something along the lines of uh, 
Battle of the Battle of the Best or something, Battle of the Brands, which is really stupid because we already know that that's what Survivor Series is. But whatever. Anyway, so uh, you know, Kevin Owens versus uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, Kevin Owens was definitely the right um, the right winner here. Uh, nothing special. Um, is it, for me personally, whenever Ziggler is in a match, I kind of I kind of tune out of it now, even though like I love Dolph Ziggler, but it's just I know I know how they're gonna book him. So it's like any anytime he's in a big match like this, I just know he's gonna lose. So, you know, but whatever. And then the fact that he wears the dad hat with the we you know with SmackDown on it now, it's just kind of stupid. But that's just something small that I noticed that I hate. Um so, so after after this, we get we get a Lars Sullivan in, interview segment with uh, with Corey Graves, and on its face, I like this. Uh, but but um, you know, just with with Sullivan sending confirmed dick pics to people. You know, I'm I'm just not I'm just not very interested in this storyline, but I don't care about this guy. You, you know. But the uh the 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 interview was good, you know, it, it kinda dove into why uh Laura Sullivan is being called the freak because if you didn't notice by this twenty two times per show that they call Laura Sullivan that Laura Sullivan is a freak. Uh breaking news well, Elio. I'm not sure if you realize that. Um, well actually uh hold on I'm gonna tell you even more. You know how they got rid of Matt Riddle's name, right? Yeah. They're moving away from calling Laura Sullivan by his name. They're they're just referring him to him as the freak. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> that's just really fucking stupid. But anyway, so uh, so Grimes asked asked him why he he was called the freak, and then we get into we we get into why. Um, we get into that explanation of like him being bullied at school and being laughed at for um, for crying, um, you know, when he got made fun of. It was it was kind of it was it was really boring and, and generic, but at least they're trying with, with 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 this character. It's just I personally cannot be invested in it because now. While I while I was willing to give Lars Sullivan a, a chance for his for his previous mistakes, th- this this latest round just kind of confirms to me what I already suspected, and that he's kind of a dick. Um, and I think just just sending dick pics to people just confirms to me that he is a dick, and I don't really care. But on to something I did care about, which was Bianca Belair. Um, I don't know why they put her in a triple threat match with Natalia and Billy Kay. Billy Kay couldn't wrestle her way out of a paper bag. Hey, hey, that's my Billy Kay you're talking about. Oh, well, can stop, I... Just, stop, a, hey, stop hating you know, on Billy Kay. It's just Billy Kay the character. 
Fuck you, I'm not interested. Stop hating on Billy Kay. What did she do to you? Oh God, it, it's terrible. I was so <laughs> I, I was so happy when the iconics broke up. I just love messing with my co-hosts. Yes, well, I got my revenge because Bel Air won. And uh yeah, uh, I see big things for Bianca Belair. Um, then we get a Carmella video, which which she looked terrible on this video. Um, but she's coming back, and the world will know why she's untouchable, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Uh, uh, next up, we have this terrible uh, Seth Rollins and, and Murphy and Aaliyah um, storyline continuing. We have... Uh, we have Murphy insisting that he apologizes face to face with uh, Ray and Dominic, but Ray and Dominic are not interested in coming out. Uh, Aaliyah, uh, Aaliyah maintains that she will that she will accept uh, accept Murphy for who he is and. Um, then, uh, then out comes, out comes Seth Rollins, and he's he's loving the fact that that Aaliyah is with Dominic, uh, or Aaliyah is with uh, Murphy now. Excuse me, uh, despite the fact that that uh, that doesn't make any sense because he was very against that in the beginning, but now he loves it. I don't know. Um, but and. Uh, and so he tells uh, he tells Murphy that Ray will never forgive him and blah blah blah. And then um, then out comes out comes Dominic after after Rollins starts talking to uh, to to Aaliyah and saying that she gets it in a way that that the rest of her family doesn't. Apparently Dominic has a problem with that and they start to brawl. Um, so then, then, uh, then Ray comes out to save Dominic, uh, and, and what, and commences to beating up, uh, beating up Murphy, who has gotten into, into a altercation with Dominic. And, uh, instead of being, instead of being concerned about her family, Aaliyah is more concerned about Murphy. And this segment ends in them kissing. Uh, so, so we're subjected to that. And like, like I said, to me, this is just, this is just, aside from the fact that the storyline sucks, I'm just not interested in being subjected to a 32-year-old making out with a 19-year-old. I know it's not illegal, but it, to me, it's just very creepy. I, 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 and maybe even more so because I, I am 32, and it, it, it just kind of bothers me. But I mean, it, it would bother me no matter what the, what the age. That if, if this was going to be the age difference, I, you know, it, this is just very creepy for me. So, um. But aside from that, I just, I hate everything about this storyline now, so I'm not interested. 
Uh, then we get a, uh, you know, generic Street Profits and then, uh, and, uh, Cesaro and Nakamura match. I just, I don't really care. Um, so then after that, we have, uh, Sasha Banks out to celebrate her title win. Um, out, out comes Bailey to respond, and uh, they're going. They're going to have another match uh, next week. Now, this further confuses me because it, it it seemed to me that their Hell in a Cell confrontation was kind of built to be the end of the feud, especially since Sasha Banks won. I I can see the feud continuing if Bailey had retained. That's why I picked Bailey to retain at Hell in a Cell. But being that that didn't happen, I'm I'm wondering why they're having a, another championship match at uh, SmackDown gonna, next week. I'm going to tell you right now why. Oh, please. By all means. Okay, in the past, Sasha has uh, only lasted a week as champion, right? Yeah. I think this time they're gonna they're gonna keep the belt on her instead of having her lose right away. Then they're gonna put this aside to, uh, to after Survivor Series, closer to the Rumble. Bailey's gonna enter the Rumble, win the Rumble, and she go on to face Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. That that could be good. That could be good, but but then like the the even though the Hell in a Cell match was good. It's just the plate. It's it's placement within the feud is just weird, because to have to have to have their first match and then you have another match two weeks later, I just you know, it makes more sense to me if the hell if the if the hell in a cell takes place at the end of the feud. But but from from your logic, it it does make sense. So I I hope that's what they end up doing. So then, uh, main event is uh, Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso, and I really, I really thought that as soon as uh, Roman Reigns came out, that Jay Uso was going to lose, uh, because I thought that Roman's presence would distract him, and that with with Jay Uso losing, um, it would give him more of a reason. Even more of a reason to join up with with Roman because he was tired of losing. Um, but I was very surprised that he actually got the win over Dean O'Brien, and and really commenced to kicking the holy shit out of um, out of Dean O'Brien. So, like the 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 alarcity with which the um, the heel turn was completed for Jay Uso. After what we saw earlier in the evening, um, it was good, but it was kind of confusing for me, and I, I, w- I would have handled that a little bit differently. So, okay. All right. but that being said, um, with with those two storylines holding my attention, this was a this was a very um, good addition of SmackDown. All right, so that is our review of SmackDown. Now, Ben. 
We're going to take a break and then we will be back to wrap up the show. But this week we have a, we have a list courtesy of my good friend, the list King. Oh, good. Oh, good. So stay tuned for that. All right, fans, we are back. Uh, Ben, we're going to get into a top 10 list courtesy of my good friend, the list King. Yes. And, and before we do, we should let people know that, um, we don't have our regular uh, time travel segment uh, this evening, um, but it, it returns uh, next next week. The um, the DeLorean is having the flux capacitor replaced. Yes, yeah, so actually, before we get into this list, let's take a look at what we do have next week. Where are we going to next week? Uh, let's take a look. November the seventh. Okay. Yes, we had uh, we had already settled on November to re- to remember from nineteen ninety nine. Yes, AC. November to remember ninety nine. We yeah. are going back to Sunday, November seventh of nineteen ninety nine. November to remember. So to hold you over, um, we will uh, we will be compiling our list as we just stated. All right, so this is from 2016. I don't know why this guy doesn't have more up to date. I mean, I know he can't really do anything for 2020, but we have two 2019 and 2018 and stuff, but it's okay. It still works. This is yeah. a top 25. We'll have 26 here, but top 25 greatest impact wrestling champions. Well, for, for me, uh, n- num- number one has to be Kurt Angle. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we usually do top 10, right? Yeah. So let's do our top 10. Number 10, Ken Shamrock, the very first champion. Uh, okay, I can see that. Plus, plus, he did. The Rock just inducted him into uh, the Impact Hall of Fame. Number, was, sorry, I I had to tell you, it was, it was very weird seeing The Rock in an Impact video package talking about Impact Wrestling and Mick Foley. Yeah, I I believe they have one one other person participate. I just I can't. I can't recall, but I do. I do know they had the Rock and Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Key number nine, Austin Aries. Really? It's. it's <laughs> I, I I've never been an Austin Aries fan. No. No, not really. Number eight, Samoa Joe. Wait a minute. Whoa. Whoa, Samoa Joe should be like number t- number two. <laughs> no, like it, no, no. I'm sorry, like at least two or three, like because I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Kurt Angle for like the impact he had when he debuted, and plus he had he had. I think Kurt Angle had a better run in Impact than he did the first time around in WWE. So okay. it's like for me, it's Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. 
All right, number seven, Jeff Hardy. What? Are you hot? This is not me. This is not me. This is not my list. Was the was the list king smoking something when he made this list? I don't know. No. Number six, Rob Van Dam. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand opinion is subjective, but what? I mean, god damn, what's the criteria? Here are your top five. Okay, maybe we can start getting a little bit more serious now. Number yeah. five, Bobby Roode. All right, I can I can see that. Number four, Jeff Jarrett. Oh. No, no, bullshit. <laughs> Number three, AJ Styles. Uh, no, he needs to be top two at least. I'm sorry. Number two, Sting. Bullshit. I'm sorry. Uh, God. And, and the number one greatest TNA Impact Wrestling Champion of all time, Kurt Angle. Well, we agree there. Yeah, like I said, for me, it was Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Let's take a look at 11 to 20 just for fun. Okay, at number... Number 20, we have Magnus. Oh, my uh, God. What is <laughs> this man high on? <laughs> Number 19, Rhino. Uh, okay. Number 18, EC3. Oh, my God. You put EC3 at 18? <laughs> Holy! <laughs> and once again, out of protest, I want you to see what I'm doing. And well, luckily, it's empty, so we're not going to have a electronics malfunction. But I would like you to see I'm dropping the Mountain Dew on the keyboard. Oh, jeez! Ladies and gentlemen, Michael literally just dropped his bottle on the keyboard. <laughs> Good God. Number 17, Lashley. Oh, for fuck's sake. Number 16, Drew Galloway. Okay, well, I, I can see that, but, uh, you know, but still. Number 15, Mick Foley. <sighs> Number 14 is Abyss. What? Wait, wait, wait. You, you put Abyss at 14. You put a TNA original, one of the coolest characters in the history of that company, at 14? I would like to say, now I, I don't know you personally, sir, you, you could be a lovely individual, but your, your, your ability to make lists, I mean, I understand it's subjective, but Fuck me, senseless with the devil's face work. What the fuck are you on? Wait, what? what the hell? And <laughs> <laughs> number 13, Christian Cage. And <sighs> number 12, Mr. Anderson. Oh my god. And number 11, Raven. Oh, 
Uh, okay, all right. I need drugs. <sighs> okay, the, the rest of the list looks like this, okay? Yeah. Chris Sabin, Eric Young, Ron Killings, James Storm, Matt Hardy, and Bully Raid. That is in order from 26 to 21. Matt, oh, Matt my. Hardy at 22. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, I need to close this show out because I I need to go back to reality. Uh, oh, I miss the DeLorean. Uh, God damn. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the shop and check on it uh, later this week to see if it's ready. Well, it should, I it should, it should, it should be ready by Wednesday. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh. All right. So with that being said, uh, Ben, we say we bring the show to a close. Absolutely, my friend. All right, fans. I'm Elio. He's Ben. We'll, this is the Peanut Super Wrestling Podcast. We'll talk to you all next week. Very good. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over 